Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon for Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2022, offered at St. Barnabas Episcopal Church in Roanoke, the Church of the Messiah in Heflin, and Holy Spirit Alabaster. The principal text for the sermon is Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20, the story of Jesus' birth. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As Christians, so much of our worship life together is about us gathering to remember and reenact stories from Scripture. We see this especially around Easter during Holy Week when we mark those final days of Jesus by reenacting his washing of his disciples' feet, or we might pray the stations of the cross, moving from place to place, remembering what happened in those last moments of Christ. For us in the Episcopal Church, almost every Sunday we gather to celebrate the Holy Eucharist, where we say again the words that Paul told us that that Jesus said that last night with his disciples, and we do what Jesus commanded us to do in remembrance of him in sharing bread and wine. In the church, it's all a very serious business. We take it seriously. We carefully craft prayers and liturgies and practices so that we can remember it and reenact it well. Now, Christmas is no exception to this. We gather each year and in various ways reenact the story of Christmas, except this is the one occasion that we don't leave it to the boring grown-ups to tell the story. We pretty willingly hand it over to the children and let kids tell the story through Christmas pageants about what happened on that first Christmas night. Now, I have only been in one Christmas pageant in my entire life. I was in the second grade. It was at the Baptist Elementary School that I attended in Mobile. It was the kind of Christmas pageant that was less about the accuracy of details and more about making sure that every kid had a part to play. That year, I was selected to be the Christmas star. Now, you may remember the Christmas star more from the Gospel of Matthew. It doesn't really show up in the Gospel of Luke, but it's a star. And it just sort of is there in the night sky over where Jesus is. Now, I will say I think I had the best costume because I got to wear my regular clothes, except it needed to be a black t-shirt and dark jeans. But some adult carefully constructed a star out of cardboard and decorated the edges with Christmas lights and tinsel and then traced a circle in the center just big enough for my little face to fit through. To achieve the height appropriate for the Christmas star, I was seated on the edge of the baptistry. It was the 1980s. We couldn't do this now. But seated on the edge of the baptistry and allowed to dangle my feet above the manger scene below me. The decision was made 
that the star should have a speaking part. And given my elevated vantage point already achieved, it was decided that I would do double duty as both the Christmas star and the angel of the Lord. So in the pageant, as the shepherds milled around carrying stuff sheep, in my loudest voice, I proclaimed, hey, don't be afraid. I've got good news. Today, Jesus, our Savior, is born in Bethlehem. God is here. And then the angels of lower status below me, with their halos and wings, looked up and shouted back at me, Glory to God in heaven and peace on earth. And then as the shepherds looked around, mining confusion as though they did not know where to go, I interrupted again, Christmas lights twinkling, and said, hey, he's over here, and then pointed towards the manger. I relished my part as the holy interrupter, providing crucial information for the story that was playing out below. Do not be afraid. For see, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. The angel in Luke was more well-spoken than my second-grade portrayal, but the role was still the same. Throughout the opening chapters of the Gospel of Luke, angels have been showing up and interrupting the plans of regular people. First, it was the lives of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were interrupted when they were told that Elizabeth was pregnant with John, even though she was old. Then the engagement of Mary and Joseph is interrupted by the conception of Jesus and an angel telling her that she would bear a son and name him Jesus and that he would save his people. And now Luke shows us that the power of the world is being interrupted. That in the reign of Emperor Augustus when Quirinius was governor of Syria, the power of Rome that had been used to disrupt the lives of so many was now being interrupted by the birth of of Emmanuel. Now Mary and Joseph's lives had been interrupted by Rome. They had been forced to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. But in that moment, that would be when Jesus entered the story. That God showed up. That God was now with us. Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people to you and for you is born this day a savior. The angel's announcement was not made to the emperor or to the governor in a palace or at a fortress. Instead, the angel proclaims good news to simple shepherds tending their flocks in the field at night. And just as God turned David, a simple shepherd boy, into the greatest king of Israel, God now takes these shepherds and turns them into the first evangelists. The shepherds witnessed armies of angels rejoicing at the birth of Jesus, but that was not the thing for them to see. Instead, it was for them to go to Bethlehem to see the baby Jesus in the manger. And so they went and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby just as they had been told. And they interrupted that family's first night together and told them all that they had seen and heard. And Mary and Joseph accepted the interruption without protest or question. Instead, Luke tells us that Mary heard these things, right? She took these things and she treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. 
The Greek word here, pondered, that we, that we translate as pondered is sort of a curious one because what it literally means, it, it means to throw things together. So Mary, who has heard all of these things from angels and from shepherds and from her family, having her whole life interrupted, Gabriel coming to her, Elizabeth's pregnancy, the trip to Bethlehem, the birth, and now the words of the shepherds, of angels and good news, all of this she throws together. All of this interruption, divine and human, and she treasures it in her heart. Christmas is certainly about the interruption of good news. Even in our secular world, Christmas interrupts our lives. Everywhere you go, at least for probably the past four weeks, you could see Christmas decorations. You could hear Christmas music. You can watch Christmas movie marathons. For some of us, we may drive or fly hundreds of miles, interrupting our regular lives to visit family and loved ones. Some of us brave long lines at stores to find and buy just the perfect gift. And some of us will spend hours cooking the perfect meal, interrupting all of our lives to spend time together. But Christmas also interrupts the messiness of our lives. The interruption comes into our anger or our grief. The interruption may find us when we are most in need. And for some of us, the celebration of Christmas, this interruption that happens may make our loneliness feel more acute. And it can be hard to hear the good news. But Christmas comes again. And we tell the familiar story of how God interrupted the lives of Mary and Joseph and Augustus and Quirinius and some shepherds in a field. And maybe we give it over to the kids to tell this story instead of leaving it to the serious adults because it is the children that can remind us that this good news interrupting our lives is to bring us joy. When I was in the second grade, perched in a baptistry, swinging my feet as the Christmas star, I had no idea that I would be a preacher when I grew up and would spend each Christmas searching the scriptures for a word to preach on Christmas Eve. But now I realize that might have been the first Christmas sermon and probably my best. Don't be afraid. I've got good news. Today, Jesus, our Savior, is born. God is here with us. Amen.